It was a long and humid summer day in Hunan province as Mr. Yu finished up his last job of the season. His two partners were exhausted and completely weather-beaten from the smoldering heat. Han, Mr. Yu's son, was also famished, yet pretended to be energetic as it was his first time joining his father for work. The life of a laborer was extremely arduous, yet the trio had worked together for years, knew each other's strengths, and had developed exceptional work chemistry. Han was excited to learn the trade and absorb everything his father instructed. Though it was his first time working away from home, he proved to be diligent with great work ethic, which made Mr. Yu proud. As dusk approached, the four decided to settle up at a local inn to rest their weary bodies for the long journey back home. Having never worked in the area, they frantically searched for a place to stay before it got too dark. As night set in, the crickets chirped loudly, singing their ominous tune in the darkness, while the four struggled to make their way to the main road. They heard some chanting in the distance as they passed a small temple along the way, which appeared to be dimly lit with candles. Finally, they discovered what looked like a hotel in a very peculiar location, surrounded by trees as if it were hiding from common view. Han felt a chill run through his spine as they approached the inn, like they weren't supposed to be there. Though frightened, he didn't want to cause a fuss since he knew his father and partners were very tired from the long day of labor, so he remained silent and pressed on. As they entered the inn, an old man slowly gazed up at the four as they approached the counter. He then looked at everyone strangely, as if he was a bit surprised from their presence. Mr. Yu requested a room, but the innkeeper abruptly replied, Uh, I'm sorry, sir. Uh, no vacancy. Startled, Mr. Yu began to try and negotiate with him, explaining that it was very late in the evening and they could not find another hotel. He also explained that they were so tired and didn't have the will to search for another place at that hour. The landlord hesitated briefly, then said, We are at full capacity right now. But in a few hours, most of our rooms will be available, as our guests are on the move at night. Mr. Yu's eyebrow went up in confusion from the hotel manager's words. The old man continued, There will be a lot of noise and commotion in the late hours, but I encourage you, I warn you, to stay in your assigned room until morning, no matter what. My daughter-in-law has recently passed away, and we haven't been able to give her a proper burial. So you'll be sharing the room with her. She'll be in the far end of the room behind a closed door. Please don't disturb her rest. Appalled, the four suspiciously looked at each other through the corners of their eyes, but then agreed to the terms due to their overwhelming fatigue. The innkeeper then gestured to follow him to a distal part of the inn. Han noticed his hasty strides and discomfort while the landlord guided them to their room. When they arrived, the old man abruptly spoke with an apparent expression of fretfulness, which frightened the four. He said, Remember what I said. Not a sound. And do not leave this room under any circumstances. No matter what you hear, 
You must not venture outside or go through the closed door in the back of the room. Before anyone could question further, the landlord hurried off into the darkness. Though spooked, Mr. Yu quickly urged everyone inside. The room was quite spacious and had several beddings laying about, which were more than enough for everyone. It almost appeared that it was a storage space due to its size, excessive equipment, and musty smell of obscurity. After Mr. Yu lit up some lanterns, Han glanced over in the darkness and saw the door at the end of the room. Though overflowing with unease, the young man was quite inquisitive about what the hotel owner warned. How can he disturb the rest of someone who's already dead? Han decided that he would find out when everyone fell asleep. An hour later, after everyone was sound asleep, Han slowly crept out of his bed and silently tiptoed to the rear end of the room. Walking as softly as possible, his heartbeat began to pound louder than the snores of his sleeping companions as he got closer to the door. Though everything inside him said to go back to bed, his curiosity wouldn't allow it as he slowly opened the door and stepped inside the dark little room. The mustiness in the air tripled as he made his way inside. The lantern from the other room shined a faint light on what appeared to be a body wrapped in a white garment. Han crept closer as the butterflies fluttered inside his gut. He had never seen a dead body before and somehow was infatuated with its presence. He placed his hand on the foot of the corpse and gently pressed down, which elevated the head. As the rigor mortis had set in, the whole body was stiff. Unexpectedly, what sounded like a whisper echoed through the room, startling Han. He backed away and looked around the dark room, wondering where the sound came from. He glanced back at the body, and his eyes dilated with shock from what he saw. Though he wasn't touching the corpse, the head remained elevated and appeared to be slightly twitching as if it were gaining consciousness. Filled with fear and adrenaline pumping through his veins, Han rushed out of the room and ran to his father, who was fast asleep. After waking him, he told him what he saw and watched his father's expression turn to annoyance. He scolded Han for being so childish and with a lantern walked to the back room, looked inside, and then calmly closed the door. He then urged Han to go to sleep and not make another sound till morning. After several short moments, Han was alone again as his father began snoring along with the other two in the room. Out of nowhere, he heard a thumping sound coming from the back room. Han shrieked as the thump became louder and louder. He looked over at his dad and the other two who were still fast asleep and continued to snore undisturbed. Suddenly, he heard the back door slowly creak open. Mortified, he put the blankets over his head, leaving a small space for one eye to see out into the room. Peering into the darkness, he saw what looked like a woman hunched over yet stiff-legged and hopping towards the sleepers. As the mobility in her legs were gone, the corpse jumped forward, gnawing her jaw as if she had something in her mouth. She whispered, You woke me. I can hear your heart. I can smell your fear. I want to taste your soul. So vibrant. So alive. 
frozen with fright. Han remained completely silent as the woman hopped closer and stood over one of the other sleepers. Shivering from panic, he was too frightened to look over and see where she was or what she was doing for fear of making a sound and alarming the walking body. He silently listened at what sounded like her breathing over the sleepers when abruptly a loud chant from outside the room frightened the corpse. With no delay or hesitation, the body quickly hobbled back to the room from which it came. Han lay traumatized under his blankets as he listened to loud chants and marching just outside their door. This is not an air hotel. What are we going to do? He thought as he laid helpless in bed. Shortly, the commotion outside grew silent and all was still. Without a moment's delay, the back door creaked open again and the body came out of the room and limped towards the sleepers. Han held his breath and nearly screamed from terror as she wasn't hopping anymore, but was able to limp forward, gaining a bit more mobility in her joints. Like before, she stood over them and breathed gently. Han slightly removed his covers and looked over in dismay as he saw the corpse strangling his father while inhaling what looked like his breath. Han screamed out, Dad! which alarmed the walking dead as she quickly glared at him with a wide-eyed stare. She dropped his father's lifeless body from her clenched grip around his neck and began running towards Han, when suddenly the chanting from outside began to resume once more. Somehow the words uttered pierced through and made her fearfully run back into the room. Confused and concerned for his father, Han jumped out of bed and rushed to his side. He called out to him, yet his skin was pale white. His lips became purplish blue and his eyes were completely white as if his corneas disappeared. Han shook the other two, but quickly realized they had shared the same fate as they lay dead with their mouths wide open. Before he could feel shame, sadness, or vengeance, the back door creaked open again, but this time followed by footsteps. The dead woman suddenly started to sprint towards Han, gurgling as she advanced closer. Frightened beyond all measure, Han ran to the door and darted outside. Racing to the innkeeper's room, he panted and pulled on the door with all of his might, only to realize that it was locked. He glanced back and saw the corpse running at full speed towards him with a bloodthirsty look in her eyes. Defenseless, the young man cried for help as he ran into the wilderness. Leaves and branches hit his face and body as he tore through the trees. He panted as he ran as fast as his legs could carry him, screaming for help to anyone who'd answer his call. All the while, the crushing of leaves from the pursuant predator drew closer. After reaching the main road, Han bumped into something that felt like a person and fell to the ground. Looking up, he stared in disbelief as he saw dozens of corpses standing in single-file rows marching down the road. Since all the bodies were stiff, they all hobbled and hopped in sync with a mysterious leader at the forefront. Though clear vision was hard to come by in the pitch black night, the moonlight shined its light on any doubts that Han had about what he was witnessing. The walking dead gurgled and growled as they walked past, appearing to be tempted by his presence. Abruptly, he heard the rushed footsteps of someone running towards him. Han turned to see that the dead woman from his room had caught up with him. In that moment of panic, he was too overwhelmed by what he saw to flee. 
After being attacked, he found himself on the ground wrestling with the aggressive creature on top of him. She screamed and bit and tried to strangle him as bloody saliva oozed out of her mouth onto Han's face while he screamed in fear and fought to get her off. The other stiffs slowly began to drift toward the two, appearing to break their formation and join the meal that was sure to come. Suddenly, a deep mighty voice broke through the screams and the cloak of darkness. In an instant, the Walking Dead straightened up and hopped back into place, as if they were ordered to do so. The fearsome leader stepped forward only to reveal that he was a monk, who muttered inaudible phrases. The dead woman hissed at the monk and once again superhumanly ran off into the night. Han, slightly in tears, got up and cautiously thanked the monk for saving his life. The monk replied, This is no place for the living. I suggest you go back where you came from. My spell can't hold them for long. Han explained that he was staying at the hotel and his father and companions were killed by the dead woman in the room. The monk sighed and said, she has tasted human blood, so I'm afraid she's very dangerous and has a thirst for you. You must stay at the temple tonight until sunrise, as she will try all night to devour your life force. He then pointed to the small temple that was just up the road and guided him inside, where a fellow monk waited. As he turned to leave, Han asked, Who are you? Why do you do this? The mysterious man turned his head and said, I'm a light in the darkness. The shepherd of deceased souls, the master of the night. Han interrupted. Can you save my father? The monk replied. I can. I'll send him home, as will I for all who have passed into the next world. If I do not, they will feast on the lives of the living. You've met one already, have you not? He paused and then left an eerie warning. Be wary of the night. The dark walker will be after you. For you've awakened her lust. No matter where you go, she'll find you. Take up a talisman, learn the sacred chants, and destroy it. As it won't leave you alone until one of you is dead. Live your life in hiding and you will surely be killed. Make a choice. Live or die. With that, the monk walked toward the pitch black road with his army of corpses and marched into the darkness of the night. Han saw his father and the other two for the last time, walking among the dead to their final place of rest. Han. Han. Come with me, son. It's your father. He heard a familiar voice in the shadows near the temple. The fellow monk shook his head and guided Han inside to safety as he knew well the tactics of the dead. Burning with vengeance, the young man vowed to learn the sacred arts, to reclaim the death of the creature that killed his father and forever changed his destiny. So Han remained at the temple, studying the dark art, preparing himself, while his inhuman tormentor waited outside every night, patiently standing by for the opportunity to feast. Han! Han! Come to me. Come with me. I'm here for you, always here, waiting for you. The practice of corpse walking has long been a part of mourning in the Chinese culture. 
Despite a severe decline in modern times, the profession still exists, notably in the western Hunan province, where it is said that in the mountainous regions of Xiangxi, the Dead Men's March has been seen on many occasions. Herding corpses is the tradition of transporting the dead back to their land of origin, as a person's spirit, home, body, family, and land are intertwined. This daunting task is often carried out by a Taoist priest. If the body cannot return to its home, the spirit is lost forever in the world after death, suffering for eternity. To aid the corpse herders and the walking deceased, dead body inns were set up for them to rest, since daytime travel is unsuitable for the dead. So be wary when you're told there's no rooms available. It may not be that bad after all. It could be a stroke of luck that saves your life. Thanks for listening in. We'll see you next time on Dark Studio. Thanks for tuning in to the first season of Dark Studio. Keep an eye out for season two in the near future. In the meantime, give us a rating and spread the word so others can find the show. We hope to see you soon.